What's up, traders? Anthony Crudelli here, and thank you for tuning into the Futures Radio Show podcast. Today, we're going to talk about rollover. When I was in the S&P pit, rollover was one of the most popular times for many traders. There were traders that only came in to trade the role, and the role is really not as popular as it once was, but it's still a very important time for the markets. And today, we're going to discuss rollover, and we're going to talk about order flow. I think order flow is such an important part of for day traders. I just think it's extremely important tool for especially E-mini S&P, E-mini NASDAQ day traders to watch. But when you get into the role, I think it's such an important tool to watch because you've probably traded the role before and noticed that there are times when your technicals just don't mean anything. And you look at a day like today, as choppy as it is, and you look around and say, like, what is going on? And the one thing about the role is that people have to do things. This is less about people wanting to do things. So when you watch the order flow, to me, this is the best tool to use when trading rollover. And to discuss rollover and order flow today, my guests are Leo the Tiger, co-founder of Orderflow Labs, and Matt Pax Kenna. You know, if you watch this show, Leo and Pax are two regulars on the show. Pax is like my big brother. He's an independent trader and founder of the Pax Group. And we were in the pit many years ago where we used to watch how the rollover really took place. And we're going to talk a lot about that today. Today's podcast is sponsored by TradeStation and FTSE Russell. If you're a serious futures trader and you want a powerful platform to match your skills, enjoy flexibility and trading power with TradeStation's award-winning platform. Learn more at tradestation.com slash Anthony. I'm always using TradeStation. I love it. Did you know that with an 81% share and 1.6 trillion in institutional assets benchmarked, the Russell 2000 is the top choice by far among institutional investors. CME Group has Russell 2000 Index Futures Events-Based Contracts. These daily options on futures contracts will offer short-term trading opportunities for investors seeking to take a position on the Russell 2000 Futures Daily Price Moves. For more information, go to FTSE Russell dot com let me bring in pax and leo what's up guys hey good afternoon so leo look it you're not showing your face today and i think it's because pax tell me if i'm wrong he's intimidated between two good looking dudes like you and i he don't want to come in with bad hair he can't come in he won't be able to operate Actually, put gel on my head the paste today just the way i can have it looking slick back like oh my gosh I know when Pax is coming on the show, he's going in with an extra mode uh, and, and and getting his hair ready for it. He came in today and he was thinking to himself, man, I got to I got to outdo Anthony. He's always trying to outdo me, my brother Pax. Oh, God. I'm just trying to live up to it. Yeah. Well, here's what we're going to do today. And, you know, roll over. And I think today, I think everybody's really getting a really good look as to how tricky rollover can be. Oh, right, today's guys? a great example of it. And, you know, Pax, you and I, we have the background of seeing the role in live from the pit. I talked about it in my intro, how basically there were times where guys just came in just to trade the role. Remember that? How big, how busy that, there was actually a pit just for rollover. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were, there was a whole slew and I always hated these guys because I was a, I was a bell to bell trader. I was there every day of the week, 300 days a year, you know, from the time that we opened to the time that we closed there. The, the guys that came in during rollover literally came for two weeks every quarter and they made fortunes. That really always drove me crazy. Whether you're talking about the order fillers that would come in and make a couple of hundred thousand or the traders that would make a fortune. 
you know, they would trade the spread so that so that the you know the 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 banks and the funds were able to kind of roll from you know we're rolling from decent to march right now so they can roll the open interest from one month to the next and you know they would do that through the spread in that little little you know back month area in the S&P pit and the Nasdaq they did it right in the pit but it was it was an amazing thing to behold it was a lot of fun to watch no it absolutely was and what was interesting is is that there was a market just for the spread right and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. Like right now, you could go and I whatever, whatever platform you're using, you could actually go and put that spread in and spread it however way you want. Like however many contracts from one to one or two to one or however you could. There's a million ways to trade spreads electronically now. But there was actually a whole pit devoted just to trading the spread for moving from one month to the next. And so you and I know that. I don't think a lot of people knew that. And Leo, how long have you been trading futures? I know you've been trading for, for a while. Um, five years now, futures. So five years in futures. When you first came in, did you? What did you even think about rollover? Did you even think about it at all? Well, I was just trying to learn five years ago, so I didn't really think about it at all. Um, it took me a while to really understand how to trade the rollover, because for me, as a as a just a intraday scalper, um, rollover means for me, rollover means when when do I start trading the next month and how do I trade that rollover week? Because there are definitely nuances to the, um, to the rollover trading period that, that you're discussing. And what were some of the things that you noticed? I, I'm, I'm interested in this because Pax and I, we come from a place where we, 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 we knew this stuff, right? It was right in front of us, but from a trader who doesn't know about rollover and you had to come in and experience, what are some of the nuances you noticed? Um, so I think the first thing that, you know, what the first takeaway, especially just using order flow as primary mechanism for execution, um, that there are a lot of different things happening. And one of the biggest things that people often talk about is, you know, there's the uh, bracketing algo algorithms that will bracket price, and it makes it harder to see, you know, what's happening between buyers or sellers, because there's literally... Um, you know, bids and offers a couple of ticks away from current traded price and they just follow price. Um, and, you know, who knows what they're doing there? Maybe that if they get, um, you know, a quick flush down, you know, they buy and sell, they buy the uh, current month and then sell it in the back month or whatever. I don't know. But there's definitely some uh, behavior that's not normal um, for an everyday, you know, Dom trader, or order flow trader that you can see on the ladder. Yeah, no, 100%. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. Obviously, if you're watching here on YouTube, um, communicate with us. Put some put some comments in chat. What I think is interesting about the modern day trader, I'll go back to you, Pax, is that like, like Leo had to go in and he had to find those nuances out on his own, right? I mean, because rollover is one of those things, especially if you come from the stock side. You, you you don't have rollover in the spy. You don't have rollover in the QQQ. You just come in and keep trading it. But you've probably noticed as a spy trader or a QQQ trader, like on a day like today, where maybe the futures people understand it's rollover and you look at the action and you're like, what what is going on here? And the one thing that I mentioned is that this is a time why I think the technicals really aren't really that good for intraday trading is because this is when people have to do something that's why like, it's kind of like an open and a close through all day, throughout the entire day. Like an opens on closes, uh, opens and closes. Traders have to do things, right, in futures. They're, they're, they have to buy or they have to sell. But when you get into rollover, 
Like they have to move that contract, you know, otherwise they don't have a choice. I mean, they're not, you can, you can keep it, I guess, you know, it would be financially settled, but you, but you gotta, you, you pretty much, a lot of people have to make a move. Mm -hmm. So to, 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 to flesh that out a little bit, the, um, uh, to, to, in very simplistic and easy to understand terms, rollover is when uh, the volume rolls from the front month to the back month. So, you know, or, or open interest for those of you that don't, don't understand futures all that well, or for you futures trader, traders that don't know what open interest is, that is the amount of open positions in a given market. So the S&P overnight, uh, the, the open interest is about 2.1 million. So there are about 2.1 million open positions in DS S&P. And that 2.1 million has to roll to March. Uh, like we were kind of talking about earlier that traditionally happens in the spread, but it also happens in the outright. Right now, the spread is about 30, 32, 33 points. It's about as wide as I have ever seen it. Um, usually the spread is anywhere between 10 to, you know, eight, nine, 10 points wide. And then it kind of narrows, you know, or comes in, the spread comes in at expiration time when, when, when CME will ex expire the, the market. Expiration prices it, for, for the way that I do my technicals is the most important price of any price in any, in, in any market. And, and expiration prices are not found on charts. You're not gonna find where the S&P, where DS S&P is going, or NASDAQ or any other market is gonna expire uh, on a chart. You have to keep track of that. You have to data mine it, you have to keep track of it. Anyway, rolling that volume, rolling that open interest from decent to March, people have to do things, you know, like Anthony said, it's a really good way of putting it. So I don't, I don't, I don't, not all rollovers are, are, are in my mind, are, um, are the same. I don't like trading the uh, the spring and summer rolls. Those those are usually really really terrible trades. I don't mind trading a little bit the uh, the fall roll, but I love trading the December roll, the winter roll. I I, I uh, the 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 reason I don't like trading rollover is because oftentimes the uh, uh, the markets you know will stop. Like like Leo was saying, you know you're going to see different things happen in different spots. You know your technicals will tell you that. Uh, you know, a, any given price is a support level. Well, you know, support and resistance prices don't matter. Like Anthony was saying, your technicals aren't going to matter during rollover. The market's going to go blowing through them, you know, it, uh, or the market is going to stop just in front of them. Markets will stop in strange areas and markets will blow through in strange areas. That's one of the reasons why I like trading the roll in the winter because the, vo the volatility is exacerbated. So if we come out of the opening range to the downside like we did yesterday, I'm expecting the market to kind of continue a little bit further than what it normally would. And I think we got uh, we got an overextended break yesterday, and uh, uh, you know, and I think a lot large part of that had to do with with rollover actually. Uh, Leo uh, made one more th uh, opened up one more door that I wanted to kind of walk through. When do we switch from Dece to March? Most of your trading front ends are going to roll, I think, on Thursday or maybe Friday of this week. So you're, you're all of a sudden your your trading software is going to show you March as the front month. I'm not going to roll from DS to I don't have any open positions right now in the equities. I covered my shorts uh, overnight, but I uh, anyway, I'm not going to trade March as the front month until after the volume gets heavier in the front month. And, and that's been happening later and later lately. 
uh, the last few rolls, the, the, the volume would roll normally around Thursday or Friday of this week, but the volume has been rolling on Monday or Tuesday of expiration week lately. And so I'm going to be looking for the volume to get heavier in the March contract. And that's when I'm going to start trading the, the, uh, um, my process in the March. You know, it's something to pay attention to. So that, that's when we trade. That's when we move from one month to the next is when the volume gets heavier in, in the back month. I want to go back to Leo what? because I want to talk a little bit about – go ahead, Leo. Do you have something to say? I don't know if I heard him. That was you, maybe you, Pax. But so, Leo – Well, I actually wanted to ask uh, Pax if he could elaborate a little more on the the whole con contract expiration being an important level in the market. But uh, maybe yeah. no, we could dive into that. Yeah. Okay. Why is it so, so important, uh, Pax? Uh, well, everything, everything is uh, – I got to try to figure out a way to keep this short. All right. So when Leo, here we go back to 1973, when Leo Malamed, the, the, the father of modern day futures, when he was taking this uh, futures, futures, none of us would be here if it wasn't for Leo Malamed. He's still alive. I communicate. I'm very good friends with his son, Jordan, but Leo took uh, uh, futures from uh, the CME from the butter and egg exchange that it was, or the board of trade from the grain market said it was, and he he had the idea to trade to trade uh, futures on financial instruments, beginning first with with currency markets. So for that to happen, Leo had he was faced with a bunch of different challenges. One, he didn't have the trading he he needed the traders for it. So you know he devised a a, a way of creating the trading army to do that. Two, he he needed to drum up the the uh, uh, he needed to change laws with with government, so he had he 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 enlisted the great Milton Friedman in order to help bring that about, and then he also needed the regulation in order to change the law. Congress de demanded that that there be regulatory bodies to so he invented he founded or co-founded the CFTC and then the NFA to to regulate futures, but then beyond that he needed to drum up interest with the banks. In order to drum up interest with the banks, he needed to show that these financial instruments, these new currency markets, were worth the bank's time, effort, investment, and you know that they were going to be able to use the Deutschmark future contract to, to hedge their exposure to the to the actual Deutschmark you know currency. And if, for those of you that don't remember that that used to be the uh, uh, that was a precursor to the to the euro with Germany's you know anyway. So in order for, to do that. These futures contracts needed to be in line with the underlying uh, value of of the, uh, the 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 market that it represented. So for that to happen, there needed to be a stop price and a, a start price and a stop price. That start price was the was going to be the biggest opening range for that market would be the very first day it traded, but it needed to be tethered to something real and intangible, and, and that would be. At, at the moment of, of expiration. And how do you expire these markets? You know, crude is, expires monthly. The grains expire when they expire. You know, cattle and hogs the same way. So how do you expire these things? He expired them. He decided to try to give them every quarter, fiscal quarters. So he, he expired them at the end of the fiscal quarter. And then uh, the, these, these markets to be tied to something real and to keep the, the, the futures price in line with the underlying commodity that they represented would be tethered to, to expiration prices. And then that gave the market direction. That kept the market tied to, to the underlying future. And it kept the, it gave the market direction for traders to be able to come in and make two-sided markets 
for the banks and hedge funds and you know world's institutions to be able to hedge themselves in these newfangled financial instruments that were the currency markets, which then transferred into uh, with the great Dr. Richard Sandnor transferred transferred into uh, the bond market in the late 70s and then the early 80s. Uh, when Leo had invented futures on international monetary uh, international options and monetary market, which would be the IOM, S&P, NASDAQ, and all the other indices. See, I told you I was I tried to keep that short. I, I don't know if I was confusing or if that actually made sense. <laughs> so expiration so, is the biggest opening range for all of them. And I keep track of all of the markets I trade. I keep track of every expiration going back to the life of the contract. Because it's it's because it's, it's, a, it's a point. I'm getting feedback. There you go. It's it's a point. It, it's it's an important price point that everyone will always look back to. Is the way I look at it too. So you always look at it as why does expiration matter? Because everything's marked to it. It's why I look at the opening range for the first day of the month and the last and what we do to the last day of the month. I look at you know I, I always look at what we do in the first day to the last day. A lot of times, if we're up the first day, um, we'll be down the last day. It's not always the case, but um, a lot of times in bull markets, you'll see that pattern, right? It's because people are marking sure. from one point to the next. And so that's a lot of times why these things, you know, they just kind of become self-fulfilling, you know, prices. And, uh, and because everyone, you know, kind of gravitates back towards expirations or certain things. So they have significance, just like the year end price. We always look at that, right? Like I anchor a VWAP to the opening day uh, price, right? Where we close from last year. So I could see where we go from one place to the next. It's a good metric, right? Um, I, I think what I want to talk about next a little bit is just why, you know, when you look at futures going from one, one price to the next, why do people wait so long? I think that's the one thing. It's like, I think a lot of times people have asked me, they're like, Anthony, why, you know, if you know that you want to be in the market, why are you always waiting the last minute? Because doesn't it seem Pax and, and Leo, I know you guys have watched this closely, that it just seems like this this week, you know, everyone just almost waits to the last minute, right, to carry their position over. And it's an interesting thing, right? You know, because it really at any point in time, you can just move it over. Right. But it goes to where you have like a day like today where there's just all of this push and pull and everyone just kind of just is throwing everything out there. And one of the things that I, the, because people have asked me that question is because now is when the liquidity is there, right? You know, you, right. Do it, you have to be able to do that. And that's what creates like this, such a push and pull type scenario, which goes back to the beginning why I said order flow is such an important thing today because they're doing stuff when they have to do it and also because they know they can get it done. And that's the big thing, right? So that's why you see these moves that are be like, oh, down, 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 down. They'll see the book maybe get stacked and then boom, they come in and just buy a bunch and then it stops again. Well, it's because they know they can get that done. Anybody who's ever had a really big position on, I could talk about my story the one time where I had a really big position on. Um, I had 500 big S&Ps on and I was looking at the book and I was like, I was scared shitless because I'm like, I have to start hitting the book and I'm just going to be taking out prices. And you're scared because you're going to spook it. You get guys like Leo, who knows it's all of a sudden you start seeing them smashing the market that everyone's going to get start hitting it as well because that's what order flow does. And that's why rollover is so unique because what happens is, is that you chase that volume. And it could blow up right back in your face. Oh, oh, right. The opposite right. effect, right? Because they're right. doing it because they're laying it off immediately. That order flow is different. That's where maybe right. we go to you now, Leo, and maybe we take a look at the stuff because I think that's why 
psychologically, it's hard, I think, for traders and their technicals on days like today because they're like, oh, look at that response off my level. Nah, man, that had nothing to do with that. It had to do with they thought they could get it done at that time, at that prices. And that order flow is just, it's, it's, it's offset immediately most of the time. Maybe we share your screen and we talk a little bit about this. And once again, everybody, we got you in chat. Have you ever even noticed some of these different nuances in rollover? If you're new to futures, did you understand some of the things that we're talking about today? We'd love to hear from you and, of course, put your questions in there. So, Leo, walk us through a little bit today. I mean, you talk about nuance, right, and like understanding rollover. Maybe show us some things that you see on a day like rollover that are head fakes that other traders should be aware of that doesn't, that it's something that you look at and say on a normal day, maybe this is an opportunity, but on a day like today, I, I don't like this look. Um, so from my perspective, I would probably, um, I would say, I would consider next week being more or less rollover week. Um, now, granted, you know, starting to roll over, you know, we're starting to see volume coming into the next contract. Um, and so I'll watch that volume, like Pac said, where as soon as the volume um, in the current in the back month is above or greater than the, the volume in the current month, um, that's when I'll flip to the next month. And I don't watch the spread. So, you know, maybe that's a, a new trader, um, you know, new trader thing from my perspective is, you know, Pac said, Hey, I, I know what the, the spread is between the two. I don't, I've never looked at the spread nor cared that much about it. Um, it's just for me, you know, paying attention. Um, but you know, here I've got the S and P, um, you know, and this, uh, over here to the left is the overnight volume profile. So we can see what the, what the volume profile looks like overnight. Um, then, you know, here's the 32nd opening range, which I definitely have in my chart. Um, so that's a, a huge shout out to PAX for sharing that. It's been, I know it's beneficial to a ton of traders. And then right here we have the uh, volume profile for the session, the current session, and then the whole week's volume profile, um, you know, to the right. So I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty big volume profile nerd. And, um, you know, I watch the LVNs, um, HVNs and value areas and things like that. But, um, you know, I definitely saw the open drive this morning um, right off of the open breakout from the 30 second opening range. And we get this um, and what you're seeing as far as the candles go, this is something that we built within uh, Waterflow Labs. Essentially, uh, it, it takes the buying and selling activity. So the ask volume minus the bid volume. Um, which we just refer to as Delta. That's not an options term. It's just total buyers versus total sellers um, you know, and how the transaction occurred. And we take that over time and we you know, run some calculations and figure out you know, how aggressive is the buying or selling um, in the market. And so that's what you're seeing, what's coloring the candles. And so what I would look for, especially during a contract roll uh, period, is kind of what you were talking about where, you know, we kind of, we uh, have this opening breakout long and then all of a sudden you get this rollover in Delta, which is a totally different term, but we can see that buyers really got aggressive here at the highs. And as soon as some selling stepped in, we had this pause and a little bit of consolidation and then the selling just got super aggressive, right? So we can see that um, not only in price action, but also in Delta based on the candle color. So the brighter the candle color is here, 
the more aggressive they are hitting the bid. And the brighter the color is um, on the on the blue side, the more aggressive they're hitting the ask. Um, so what I'll look for, um, especially during a roll week when there's light, when the liquidity starts to dry up in the front month, is I'll look for these extreme conditions, and then you know potentially look for a a, a reversal to happen from that. So you can see, you know, today. Um, you know, how that happened right off of the open and we retested the OR, traded through it, got some really extreme selling at the lows that didn't get any follow through. And then I call this another Delta rollover spot. So, you know, we have this extreme selling that starts to shift from bright pink to little darker red. And so that's telling us that the selling is starting to dry up and now the buyers are, you know, stepping in and getting aggressive, hitting the ask, Right. And so now we trade right back through the OR and especially, you know, with seeing this information right away and seeing what's occurred, we can get a pretty good idea that today is going to be more of a neutral balance day, right? Um, you know, we're potentially could actually close where we opened at, right? And we do all this business in between and it's like nothing happened, but um in that low lower liquidity, especially when the front month volume starts to dry up, um, you know these these whippy moves can definitely happen. And I think um, you know using this order flow in this manner could help you identify you know where those spots or those inflection points uh, could come in. You know what's interesting about seeing this PAX is that you it's it's what we saw firsthand right it's aggressive one way then it's back aggressive the other way it goes back to what i said it's what people have to do and anytime you have a big position think about all the longs this morning that are getting ready to start rolling from these to march you see a big rally up they see it these guys are smart right and they're watching it going you know what it's a good time if i want to start hitting the bid i can because you're going to get absorption because a lot of people are going to be looking at from where we opened that it was it could potentially be an up day so you got a lot of day trader potentially buyers in that area and they come in and just smash through them after the after you just got smashed through to the upside so this is that false read that 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 look at we i've gotten caught into it so many times you're like oh well they're gonna be buying them now you know next thing you know you're like oh, right, <laughs> wait you buy the dip and you're just like why are they keep selling well they keep doing it because it goes back to they have to. And, and it's just a different mindset just in general than your regular trading day. And Leo, before we go back to packs, how often do you see days like this where you see aggressive to aggressive that doesn't have any follow through? And this is just, and you, you know, obviously you're saying that you notice that it's probably going to be a sideways day because they're using highs and lows as areas to rotate. But do you see this type of action often during regular trading days, non-rollover times? Um, this year, it's been more directional, right? We've had a, a lot more directional type moves, but um, you know, from experience, I would say that there's more. There are more days than not where we have either a rotational day like today, or some type of P-shaped or B-shaped day where there's a move and then balance. Um, so you could have a move to the upside, and then they, you know, use highs and lows to rotate around, or a downside move, and then you have. Um, you know, an area that, you know, rotates up and down. Um, I think traditionally that's probably, um, you know, what I would say I've traded the most of over the last four or five years. Um, but this year has obviously been a, a bit of a, a bit of a different year as far as, you know, trading goes. 
Pax, when you see this graphic, what is what does that what does it speak to you? Um, uh, if I didn't have to do this podcast, I, I I'd be gone. I'd be, <laughs> wouldn't be anywhere near my screens. Uh, that's what it says to me. Don't trade this is what it says. Leave. You know, we had that we had that initial breakout. The top of the opening range was 36, uh, 36 quarter. My first upside target was uh, 49, 48, 49. So I always tighten up my targets a great deal during rollover. So instead of it being 15, 20 points, whatever it's going to be, it's going to be less than that. And um, we came screaming, as, as this chart clearly shows, screaming out of the opening range to the upside. And it looked like we were going to, you know, we were, we were going to go back in, you know, if in normal, more normalized times that we we're going to go back and try to attack some important levels on the upside. But, you know, support and resistance levels don't matter anymore because it's it's more about getting done what you need to get done and not what you have to get done. And that the chart clearly shows it you know we, we i forget how high we went 52 53 54 today and then the brakes came screeching off and you know then the selling came in and sold us all the way back down to the opening range and if you remember in the opening range this morning leo we were we were trading really aggressively in it chopping back and forth between 30 half and 36 quarter um without anything going on and everybody's talking about putin was talking or you know the the BOC was doing something, and and so it was causing this what looked like was going to be some volatility. And I kept telling the traders in my group, "Don't you know? Don't trade this. We're not going anywhere. We're not going to do anything." And a couple of guys had posted the the Putin comments talking about you know using nuclear weapons possibly. So, if, and my response to them was, "If that was the case, we'd be trading below thirty nine twelve already. We're not. We're still in the opening range. So just don't trade it." And 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 that that your chart right there, that order flow is clearly showing, don't trade it. That's all, you know, and tomorrow's going to be the same Wednesday. Uh, uh, tomorrow is Wednesday. Uh, what is today? Today Wednesday. Today, today's Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Thursday and Friday are going to be Garbon. Come back on Monday. You know, uh, yeah. I, I'm not going to be a, a, a looking to aggressively trade this market until after the, the, at this point, anyway, flattened up yesterday until after the volume rolls to, from these to March. Whatever day that is, and the rollovers been happening later and later. So whether that's Monday or that's Tuesday, I'll come back and I'll trade when marches when the volume is clearly in the March contract. In the meanwhile, I think yesterday was the move that we're going to see up until the end of it. You know what else is really interesting too, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but we a lot of times will make a high or a low point right at the rollover time, like that rollover day can be like a significant higher low. It kind of goes back to what you were talking about with expiration packs, you know, like that's an important price. But I always have noticed that like we get like these extreme moves where it could be really one side of the roll. Like after yesterday, I'm starting to look at it and saying, you know what, if this does start to get going to the downside, what becomes very interesting is, is that if you're holding longs in this contract, does it all of a sudden create this steam train potentially lower, right? And that will have nothing to do, it goes back to, this is not a technical thing. I mean, yes, it would be coinciding with technicals because you'd have a breakdown, but it is something that all of a sudden can accelerate moves. I've seen some insanely accelerated moves Huge. going into the morning of rollover. So I'm not saying that that's going to happen today Huge. into tomorrow, but I have seen that. Um, I'm short a little, the, the S&P a little bit right now, so maybe I do kind of want to see it. But the point of it is, is that it can happen, you know, and that's where it's like you go 
back for where it's like a chop fest and all of a sudden you're like wow where's this move coming from and it just unleashes it and that's these are the types of things you see in rollover that get you scratching your head and you know you and i have said a million times when you take vacations uh during rollovers um i'm going to start taking some questions from chat everybody please put your questions in chat if you're enjoying this uh, show today please give us the thumbs up and hit that like button on youtube so we can get more and more people to watch it and join us uh for futures radio show podcast we do appreciate that um and i see one of the podcasts or one of the podcasts one of the uh people listening uh jim valentine is in the show a lot um always like to hear from you jim thank you for the question he said anthony could peck speak to how following order flow can be of benefit to him in his opening range trade this is kind of outside of what we're looking at not you know for order uh for uh rollover but i think just as well um you know i think that order flow can can help you um with the opening range trade no doubt so you know like like the just the example of this morning because it's fresh uh or, or even using yesterday's too so he came out of the opening range 36 quarter and there was aggressive buying aggressive buying up to to 53 54 and and then you know and then the aggressive selling started to come in so i, I don't look at short-term charts during the day you know i think this is something that 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 many people think um uh, don't understand i almost tweeted about this this morning you know, when we were on the floor, we didn't have access to charts. We had direct access to price because we created price. We did not have access to charts. So I already knew what I was going to do before we got to these prices. And I trade the same way. Anyway, I've learned how to be able to read order flow on the domes. Um, you know, what this chart is saying through through low these many years of, of us trading. I know I don't look it, but I'm in my early 50s. I know I look like I'm 38. <laughs> but... I want to see fresh buying come in as we get to some of these targets that I've already that I've already put down in my plan. So this morning, 4749, that's why I can't stand rollover. It looked like we were going to take out that level and we were going to continue up to 64. And 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 all of a sudden selling came in and started banging us back down. Then it looked like that we were going to take that we were going to tank, you know, that we were going to go back down and, and test the overnight lows at 3914, and we didn't. We came back up into the opening range, had been banging around, and was still trading in it. Yesterday, um, we came out of the opening range. 4005 is a level I've been talking about in my pay for your trade, uh, uh, place your trades podcast with Penny, Penny Blaine. And 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 the levels that I've been tweeting about, we can't. Yeah, our opening range was 4001 to 40, uh, uh, 3999 to 4001. We came out of the opening range to the show, uh, to the upside in the beginning, and there was no fresh order flow. We were we went 01 bid and we stayed 01 bid for a little bit of time, but there was no there was no order flow coming in to support that bid, and so I was very quick to be able to take that scratch, not a loss, but take a scratch on that trade. There was no fresh buying to come in to support the rally above the opening range. Meanwhile, Russell and NASDAQ were, were below its opening range, so that the volume was there selling off. Oftentimes, you're going to see you know, one of the indices leading the other, the others, and then the, the, the lagging one catch up. So we came 39.99 offer, and I got short. Order flow came in and supported that offer and continued to propel it down through the levels of 39, all of these levels I've been talking about, 39.74 down to 39.12.14, which we hit overnight. So when I see the when I see fresh selling coming in, supporting uh, that that particular move, then I'm going to take profit at targets, but I'm going to still leave something on. 
until that until that order flow dries up and then i've got a decision to make am i looking for for a greater move in the market or am i looking to just take money take the profit on the trade and 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 call it a day and go on to the next one um the the next question is when will i stop trading is so is that is that do you mean uh karan is that during you know um during rollover I'm going to stop trading when it gets when when, the, when there's no order flow to support the move, you know. And and I don't know if, if that's making any sense to me uh, to you guys. It makes perfect sense to me when there's no order flow to to follow through above a certain level, you know. And I, that's that's what I'm going to just you know. This is all about the role. This is not about market movement. It's not about price discovery so much anymore. It's about people just doing what they need to do to get through it. Um, so yeah. That, yeah. That's that's what I'm gonna when I recognize that is when I'm gonna shut it down. Yeah, for me in rollover, I mean, I don't know how you guys trade it. Like for me, like I, I don't normally trade the micros for the ES. I trade the ES, but like I'm trading micros now because I'm just kind of like you know I I know I want to be a little bit short, and so I just use some micros or even event contracts. I bought some nos today too, but um, just because I do think we have a technical breakdown and I talked about the possibility of an accelerated move during rollover. So I just traded really, really small. Yeah. I mean, I, you just, I just can't be active or aggressive with anything that you're doing here right now in rollover because of the head fakes. Oh, I see that that's happening. And that's, that's kind of a lot of what we're talking about today is that rollover will make you chase your tail. Like you will, yeah. you saw it in that chart where people were, they got aggressive right at the highs, Leo, right? Remember how you said it got bright and then it got right. aggressive at the lows of that move coming down too. And where you see that aggression, if you're breaking through your area and you look at this daily chart, you might say, man, I really want to be short here. And it's just a dead low. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right. you know, it, it, it's just happened to us so many times that I, you start to realize that, you know, just step away from it. What's that Pax? Until we get closer to the volume changing and we get closer to expiration. So look at it to your point earlier, Anthony, and this is an important point that I wanted to make June, June, June expiration, was 36.63. And if you remember, we were trading, um, I don't remember what price, I, I'd have to look at a chart, but we were trading much higher and, and they, they, they slammed the market going into expiration, you know, going into the end of rollover, they slammed it. SEP uh, roll, same thing. We were trading at like 41.19, 41.20 and they slammed it down. We settled at 38.71. Now I'm not saying that they're going to slam it down underneath 39.12, but the, um, uh, uh, the, the the precedent is there for an exacerbated volatile move towards the end. And, 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 and the issue with that, the issue that I have with that is that order flow is not going to be obvious to me at that point. It's going it, to, it might show something completely different. Like the market, maybe selling is drying up here and, and, and the move should sort of, and then boom, you know, a whole nother leg comes in. Because people, I, I don't remember exactly how you put it, but it was brilliant. Um, because because you know the the these the programs that generate the volume need to do something. It's not about price discovery. It's about what they need to do. Yeah, and as a trader, when you need to do something, you have to know that you can't get something done. At, at, you know, and you so you they're analyzing between the two different markets. What you have right now, and thanks for pulling this up, Leo. You've got March of 23 and these and then when you get these one one way moves they'll look at it and assess it and say you know what let's start let's start rotating you know our positions yeah. here and that's how they start taking them off the books because or moving them either completely out uh, of these 
we're moving some of them into March at the same time, which also helps control the move, which is why the spread is so important. Because if the spread starts to get really wide or it starts to tighten up, it changes the it changes the action of the people that have to um, move stuff, right? Because right now they're looking at it and saying, if I sell my 30, you know, 38 halves, I mean, right now, let's just say, where's the S&P trade? And if I just sell them here and because I've been long and I turn around when I buy them, can I do that, right? Instantly, you know, and that's what a lot of these spread platforms are doing is that they're just instantly rotating in and out of them like that. And so they're going to assess whether or not they can do a big order. And that's why sometimes you'll see one side of that book where the day trader is will start to move and then it changes the spread. And they're like, oh man, all of a sudden we're paying more to get, you know, to get in and it's hurting us getting out. So it's, so they're, you know, they're losing their cost basis there. And that, that's why rollover, like I said, it just stops, 